So we talked about the Academy Awards and how to make them better or more watchable, but they kind of took it to another another level this past Sunday. So I have Mr. Hollywood with us, Zach. Okay, all right. And I also want to have Mr. Hockey running the board, Michael, here. So I want to get your guys' opinions on pre-slap, post-slap Oscars, Academy Awards, the hosts, the whole bit. So, Zach, you, I had trouble getting it on Channel 7. I couldn't get the whole thing, so I said, you know what, I'll catch it, you know, on YouTube or whatever. There's anything happening, exciting happening, and boy, did something exciting happen. So, well, I, you know, give me a first, like, what you thought of the, because the, the hosts were Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes, am I yeah. correct? Yeah. How did they do first? We'll start with that. What did you think? They did good. They did pretty predictably safe. Which was which was good, I think. What what they needed. I hated when um, they didn't have a host and they opened the Oscars with one of the most cringy things ever. Was that was the year that we tricked ourselves into thinking that that Queen movie was good, the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Right. Okay. So they opened it with Queen, but the Queen that's like the the Queen that tours now. That's the Queen band and Adam Lambert, okay. and that was just. Watching a bunch of millionaires pretend to rock out to Queen is just not... Never a good sight. Never, never a good sight. It's a bunch of actors struggling to act like they're interested in that. That was that was bad. So, host, good. I thought they did a good job. I thought that, funnily enough, Regina Hall was the standout. I thought she was pretty funny uh-huh. throughout. I, I, I liked her a lot. Now, did she say something about Jada Pinkett Smith earlier in the awards? She, or she did. If make I, if a little you, humorous? Or Listen, there's a lot of complex things with the Jada Pinkett Smith thing. Right. Um, that I don't even feel qualified to get into. But she did make a joke about, like, I guess, Will Smith and there's open relationships. So she did a funny bit where she called... Basically, all the single actors on Hollywood, in Hollywood onto the stage, and that she was going to take them back for a COVID, a more advanced COVID screening. Oh, okay. And that, that was cute. Like, you know, it's safe and predictable, but seeing, like, you know, Bradley Cooper and Timothy Chalamet and Simu Lim, and, um, uh, and then she says, and Will, you know, I've cleared it with Jada. I think oh, it's okay. okay. So there was something brought up about There their was something brought up about it, but, but and, even okay. that didn't go over. Too well, yeah. It didn't go over bad, but not too well. It's just... Well, it's tough to get these guys to laugh, too. You know, like, whenever you see those award shows, they're nervous, they're hyped up, they, you know, do I laugh, do I not laugh? It's, you know, and... It... I, I guess I'm of the school, and it's it's not probably always the most... But, like, I, I always like it when someone laughs at themselves. Like, I don't think you should be unnecessarily cruel or anything no. like that. Or, or I guess make fun of something that someone can't control in their right, life or fake. Right. But like for the most part I think like you gotta be able to laugh at and you're an actor paid a stupid amount. You're paid to go to get an award in these award baskets. So like laugh. Right, because Mikey you talked about what their their guest ba- their yeah it was swag like a, bags were like over a hundred grand and things. Or? Yeah, it was like a hundred grand and then you got like a bunch of crazy things this year was like you got a plot of land in Scotland. There you like go. you literally you got like a little plot of it, it, it the the bag that you get for just going even if you lose is insane. The, right. they, they get in a bag to go to an award show roughly a little bit more than double what I make 
in it, like it's it's as a salary for two years to go and show up. So like you right. know like right you know don't, 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 loosen up. But for overall, the hosts I think did a good job. The only area where and it's not their fault because it was so crazy. I think the hosts had a problem managing the show post slap, and that is not their fault because who the hell could have planned for that? But there was no. It should have been more on the academy and the directors to maybe address the elephant in the room. Well, I want to. I want to talk about the slap. Obviously, we're going to give our opinions on it. But so you're saying the award show itself, though, was moving along. They they had taken out some of the other categories that we had said. And, and they had said they're going to... Did it hurt the Academy? For, I know? think overall it was a bad look because there's all the bad press about that. Um, I do think that the technical awards usually have the best speeches even though they're only five minutes. I mean, like, not five minutes, like 35 seconds. Right. And they spent most of the night apologizing for the fact that they took out those awards that it just looks stupid. Right. So, like... So either do it and stand by it or don't do it. Don't right. do it. Right. I, I thought the weirdest, funniest stupidest thing that they did was those stupid fan moment things that we talked about where it was like the, the they did them as like bumpers so like when you return from the commercials they're like and the top five fan moments and it was just stuff that people voted on and it was movies that no one saw or a movie that came out like two years ago and uh it, it was just so weird it wasn't one like audience reaction i think it was yeah audience reaction because they didn't even say like they didn't do a big thing where they're like, and now the audience, it was just like, for two seconds, they mentioned what they were showing. There was some movie that, like, aggrieved Johnny Depp fans spent so much time voting to get, like, so, like, the top three, the like, the top five movies of the year were, like, this one movie that Johnny Depp was in. And they show this one scene from the movie, and it's, like, just gobbledygook weirdness. And two Zack Snyder ones for like the best audience reaction film moment and the one thing that they did the audience reaction moment the one that won was for this Zack Snyder cut of a movie that came out that did not come out in a theater that you could that it was the the Zack Snyder director's cut of Justice League like there's a whole big fan base and they worked to get this released but like it's this one scene that no one knows or talks about one the best scene because they did they just crashed the voting it just it looks so stupid and like yeah. no one applauded in the theater because no one like none of these actors saw these movies it was, it was either all marvel movies or it was like because well, also too objectively like and i didn't even care about that like you know we did a whole podcast about the whole Zack snyder thing and all that but basically right. yeah after a bunch of fan harassment he finally got to make his own version edit he re-edited a version of a movie that already came out that was terrible and made it black and white and added some scenes to it and some people lost their minds over that but like to zach's point yeah it didn't release in theaters it was on hbo max so it shouldn't have fan reaction i guess it just kind of won because the fans like i said bullied the studio into releasing it but if we're gonna be real about especially which the Oscars, like you said, okay, movies were up there out two years ago, three years ago. The Oscars is always about movies that came out within, like, the year. Yeah. But movies that were up for it, and I know I like Marvel more than DC, but one thing that lost for fan reaction, which should have won, was Avengers Endgame, when Captain America picks up Thor's hammer, which is 
in the lore of the, you know, for people who don't know or whatever, only Thor can pick up Thor's hammer. Nobody can pick it up because you have to be mighty. And if you are, if you're deemed worthy by the gods, you get to pick up the hammer and you are awarded the power of Thor. And so it sounds crazy, but it's basically like there's been a ton of jokes in all these movies where it's like, let's see who can lift it up and nobody can. But... There's this one scene where Captain America is secretly worthy. He he could have picked it up in an earlier movie, but he didn't want to hurt Thor's uh, ego. Oh, but okay. so then it comes down to like, okay, they're going to die. They're all going to die, <laughs> so then he picks up the hammer. And there is countless, like Juliana and me will sometimes just watch like audience react. There's people in the theaters were throw like you know just jumping up screaming you couldn't hear it because it was one of the craziest and, moments to see in yeah. live action right. but that also came out in a theater with real people really reacting yeah. with a group of other people and that scene too is a culmination of 10 years of movies that happened like like cuz it's it's basically everyone who's in the Marvel movie shows up in this scene so for 10 years everyone when he does that and says assemble it's hard not to, even if you're completely jaded with these movies, it's cool to see every single actor you've ever seen basically on the screen at once come through. Right. So that that was that comes in second to a scene that no one saw in the theater. You could not see it in the theater, and it was some stupid scene that that like I watched that Snyder cut I, of the scenes in that movie. That wasn't a scene that stood out to me. What but even was it? Was it when the Flash was? It's like the through? Flash goes to like a black hole. It wasn't even that kind of neat scene where you see the Flash go super fast and like, which again that's been done in movies now too. But like he can kind of move around. This was some stupid scene that could, didn't even make it into the original cut of the movie, and now is in this thing. Uh, but so, do you uh, think that's a one and done thing with the fans? Right? That, I that's, think so. You think that's I, I don't go think really. I mean, it didn't help anything. It right. didn't I help anything. Like it just proves that like people on Twitter can just get a right really like you said after a commercial break they'd show it on the screen like it wasn't even talked about like that it's like it just proves that whoever like tweets about it more will get which it means yeah. nothing and they, if you're cutting out awards for people that you know that would have five awards that weren't shown or whatever so if you're going to take out those awards to make it shorter yeah then why do this filler and fluff of it not was, it was to, to be part of it. It's so, just so yeah, so stupid. People are going to either watch or not watch. Probably half the people that did what you're saying, you guys are saying, probably didn't even watch. They just wanted to be like no, annoying that, to. They didn't draw those academy. eyes in. Yeah, right. exactly. The you know what one best picture according to the fans, a movie we discussed here, a movie we discussed, and Melissa has a tattoo of it. That movie that we spent an hour talking about how bad it was, Army of the Dead. Won the best picture, according to fans. That the one with Dave Batista? Yeah. A movie that wasn't even successful for Netflix. Like, I do think that more right. people watched Power of the Dog than watched right. Army of the Dead. So Netflix technically did win an Oscar <laughs> right, for right. a fan reaction fan poll. It was, do it they was, give an Oscar? They're not giving it. Yeah, just, I, I don't even think you get, like, the Oscar. Where you, <laughs> you, win, get, you get, like, like a certificate. Yeah. You get, like, a certificate. <laughs> yeah, but this like, was, yeah, okay. Here's where the Oscars just, like, kind of screws everything up. Everyone talked about the night before the Oscars they did. You had Jason Momoa and um, Josh Brolin hosts like the technical awards. Okay. And they said that was really fun. And those two guys, because they presented the award and they did like they did their little like terrible banter, but like it seemed natural. Right. So like they they did good. Either they were actors or they they did good and they know each other. It was like kind of funny. 
because they both have never been nominated, so that's always funny. Oh, yeah, they they well, did yeah. that. That's a that's a you know a good always a good that, that, that's every year somebody yeah. says that never exactly been, you know. and but, that usually works. Right, you know, it's it's oh look at they're just like us, never nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> right, just, they're living the same life. Yeah, they're living the life. Yes, but yes. Um, what's his name? Um, so they gave like a special achievement award to Samuel L. Jackson. Okay, and Denzel Washington presented it to Samuel L. Jackson, and the next that like everyone was talking about like that was the funniest thing. Denzel had this great speech. Samuel, it's like the room is in stitches. She's like, who the hell doesn't want to see Samuel L. Jackson win an award? And Denzel present, give it to him. And Denzel right, present exactly, to it. Exactly. And it's funny, like, that's what the Oscars is so stupid. Show that. Present that. Everyone in America loves Samuel L. Jackson. They didn't. No, they didn't present it. I heard about it online, about like how. Like, it wasn't on during the Academy Awards? No, no, they did it the night before where it's like, who the hell doesn't love Samuel L. Jackson? Like, you know, it's always. The Lifetime Achievement Awards, like, we don't talk about the Golden Globes anymore, but, like, the Cecil B. DeMille Award. Right, like, right. Who doesn't love to see, an, a, like, a Lifetime Achievement Award? And then you give one of the most interesting guys in Hollywood. Oh, God, yeah. One of the most just consistent, good, funny, natural. He's going to come up and give a speech and not w- be wooden. And no, like, he's not. He's going to come up. He's going to be funny. The and whole nobody's going to come and slap him in the face if he says anything. Nobody's going to mess with Samuel L. Jackson. That nobody. whole room loves Samuel L. Jackson. And let's be honest, that entire room has worked with Samuel L. Jackson. He's worked with everyone, that man. So show his award. Yeah, really. That's so odd and that you would cut, take that out. I don't need Sean Combs doing the 50th anniversary, anniversary of, of The, the Godfather. Godfather. right? So that was a little odd, too. I mean, not that I, I don't think I get Sean Combs, but... You couldn't get De Niro, Pacino. They came out. They come out at the end in that. Right, but I'm saying, like, to talk about it or, like, you know, what it meant. Did they talk about what it meant to them? I didn't even see that part. No, not I really. I think it would have been cooler because, like, you have Sean Combs come out and do the thing. And, like, listen, there is a big correlation in the rap community to um, The Godfather, which is really cool. And I yeah. wish that... Instead of Puff Daddy coming out and being like, don't worry, Will Smith and Chris Rock are going to be okay. Like, not your moment, Chris. Right. But, like, it would have been kind of cool if Puff Daddy provided the context of saying, like, the Godfather has meant and endured for 50 years because it means so much to one community, but it means so much to the whole world. And you bridge people in. You say, like, that's, that's a how... good idea. I didn't... I, didn't I wish that. that they... So they, they did come out, Pacino, De Niro... Yeah, James Caan. It was just Duval. Pacino, De Niro, and Coppola. The cool thing is that Coppola comes out and says he never thanked Bob Evans for anything. Wow. Okay. So he said that you know, like Robert Evans is the reason why the the movie. Well, yeah. Was. If you read his book, Robert Evans cut that thing, you know, cut that film to get it to make sense at, at points. That so, was, like, if you know and you know the lore, and you a great documentary recommendation if you can watch the kid stays in the picture. Yo, that's great. That part was cool, right. but, uh, you know, like, and no shame to Sean Combs, no shame to any of the guys. That happened, that was immediately after mm. this slap. Right. The, the award, I, it really breaks me out, uh, breaks my heart that after the slap, the award went to Questlove for this documentary, The Summer of Soul. Right. Which was a really cool documentary about this concert I had never heard about that was like the soul version of Woodstock. Woodstock, okay. That yes, seems... Yes. Super neat. Right. And it meant a lot to him. It meant a lot to his dad. You know, like anytime there's a, a parent moment in the Oscars, you always get right. a little, a little teary misty, eyed. Sure. And he was really so moved by it. 
But he couldn't enjoy his moment because of all that. And these guys for The Godfather, like, I feel that Sean Combs felt that he had to respond in, in, a, in, yeah. a, in a moment like that. That's, that's the, the, the thing, like, to get to the, to the slap moment. You have a, a, one of the funniest men in the world. And Chris Rock is, fu- I think he's hilarious, Chris Rock. You know, just when he comes out and just starts laughing, you start laughing because you're into Chris Rock. Now, he's got to say stuff, Chris Rock. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And the joke was pretty tame. Yeah, I, G.I. Jane. G.I. Jane. I thought it's like a 25-year-old joke. Like, right. Like, Chris but, could do better. But <laughs> you know what? She's got alopecia. She has, you know, so, okay, we're going to equate that. But the thing that gets me is, and everybody's seen it, he's laughing at first. You know, yeah, Will Smith, Will Smith is, is laughing. laughing. Then he turns, and everybody that's had a you know significant other sitting next to you, and a joke doesn't go over well, you feel like you have to like maybe say you know, but it could have been handled obviously so much better. Because look, what if it was one of the three women that came out and 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 was presenting award, and they just were joking around, hey, Will, you know, whatever, earlier on, talking well, about... Well, like we said, you, you saw that. I mean, she, Regina Hall made a joke about their open marriage, right. but that was fine. But, I but, mean, I'm sure that she felt as samely as bad, but he didn't right. slap her. But if he had said, like, if they had said that, what would he have done if it was a woman that came out that said it maybe as a joke, you know, as a joke, said the same thing? Hey, you're got- would he have just said from the seat, hey... There was also, because in like 2016, apparently, Chris Rock at the Oscars had also made a lot of jokes at their expense, so there was history there's, there's, there there's between some them. So she liking. wouldn't, she didn't want to, uh, she didn't want to come to the Academy oh, Awards? Oh yeah, she was, he made a bunch of uh, jokes because he got like snubbed for an Oscar, so then she was like boycotting the Oscars right, because, because Will it, wasn't going. And because know. of the issues too of, of like not enough um, minorities in film, I think that was part of well, it yeah, also. And that was, that was a big... And that was, was, a, that was a boycott of it. So yes. there was been a little history there, but you've got a comic that's coming out. He's going to tell jokes. It wasn't his best joke he ever told, but it didn't warrant what he did because he, he took away from everything else that went on. Like you said, Questlove wins... The and Godfather then, thing, which should have probably opened it rather than Queen. Maybe they should have opened it with the 50th well, anniversary. Well, the, of the, the, the Queen thing was from years back. I'm saying that was when they did no, the no. most. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying, you know, open it with that. 50 years of this one of the greatest movies of all time. You know what I mean? You can I, yeah. op- have an opening if you're not going to have a host do, you know, if you're going to have one single host or whatever. And I know you're talking about the Queen thing being... That was older. Yeah, Right, yeah. older. But what I'm saying is then open it with... If it's this is a tribute to films, open the Academy Awards with one of the greatest films, people on the top ten list of almost everybody's films. Open it that way. Here's what the Oscars did good: they did a, a bunch made sense, a couple didn't. They did the fiftieth for The Godfather, right? A sixty-year James Bond retrospective, which is pretty cool. Very short, but pretty cool. Um, they did. Now there was one. I can't remember if it was. Oh, it was Pulp Fiction, I think, is like 28 years? They did like ones that didn't make sense. Like like right. Juno, 15 years. Okay. I wish that they brought the writer up for Juno, which they didn't. They should have brought the right. writer-director up. Um, But 15, 50, 60, that makes sense. Now, White Man Can't Jump, I don't know if that... That, that was 30, maybe? I 30 think that's jump. 30. 30. That made two, like the fives. But there was, I think it was Pulp Fiction that was 28 years. And it's like... Oh. Just do the 
fives because no one cares about the 28th birthday of a movie. <laughs> right, like, like, right, right. Like, but that's where the Oscars like make it about the movies and make it about movies that people watch. It was smart. The Godfather. Everyone exactly. knows The Godfather. White Man Can't Jump was a big movie. It was. Good. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Woody Har- and it was cool to see Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, and like Rosie Perez. People like that. And yeah. it's approachable. Right. Bond. Everyone knows Bond. I almost wish the Bond one was a little bit bigger where they did like maybe the full orchestra doing a little... Did, did they... Or that was... No, that was a different award show that they made a joke about who wanted to be the next Bond and they shout out Sebastian Stan. I think... Who, who host... Uh, what did Rebel Wilson host? She was the independent spirit. The independent spirit is probably yeah. okay because that would have almost been funny because everybody yeah. at the Oscars making a joke about like oh who's gonna be the next Bond yeah you know in the sixtieth you know like that but I mean they did a lot of stuff weird though too I mean obviously there was like I mean like the slap obviously but um the whole in memoriam they did odd this year and they left out as they do every year a lot of people like Bob Saget they left out. There was a very odd... I think that Bob Saget probably would have more fit in the Emmys because he was such a TV actor, which yeah. I understand. There's always an issue with the In Memoriam. But he's done movies, Bob Saget. I mean, he's the, yeah, yeah, it's... it's. I think they just, like, there's this weird calculus well, the, yeah, as to who it's, goes. It's like, oh, if you've done more TV than movies, you, can't, yeah. you have to be at the end. But it's also, like, I don't know. It's just, like, to leave anybody out, it feels like, but... I don't know. It's yeah, like I think he's so I, much time. He touched a lot of people. I didn't, you know, not to get off the track, but no, second, is, they may, you know, maybe you could have just. I think you those things are touchstone moments that matter to the people at home because you have a relationship with the right. actors, so right. show everyone. The one thing I liked that they did in the In Memoriam, I only wish that it was a little bit, I understood what they were doing with the music. Like it was more upbeat than somber. Right. Um, I wish, though, that you could, maybe they lowered the mics on the people singing and up the mics on the people talking about the people when, because it was a little bit distracting, like the, the, the noise didn't quite work, because, like, um, Bill Murray gave quite a good, I didn't know about Ivan Reitman being a refugee, so, like, that was really cool for Ivan Reitman. Uh, they started with Sidney Portier, right, which was really neat. Um, I did like, always, when they showed, like, in, in the in-memoriam, when you got, like, a brief clip of somebody, right. like, they didn't really do that. Right. The in-memoriam's tough. I always, I, I always, I'm a sucker for that. I always, I, yeah, I like you, people. There's some people that work behind the scenes, that you, at least, you know, that you didn't know them, but they did so much and contributed so much to, to films and whatever. Yeah, Not just the actors that, that pass away. There's directors, producers, yeah. camera, you know, people that have been in the industry for a long time. But that's always, like, an odd... You know, like you're saying, you leave out somebody. Somebody's always going to say, "Well, how did you leave them out?" Or how did you not know? You're always better to add more. Always, than yeah. Less. Always, always yeah, more. Especially when you cut out so much time with all those other awards being out, and right. then you made up with jokes about how they should have still been in. It's like you could have added an extra few seconds to the in memoriam. And like right. you know, slap or no slap, what I thought was really insulting was all of these people, every one of the technical awards, all that kind of stuff. They always make them feel like crap, and they get, like, no time to give a speech. Right. Will Smith, after that slap, your feelings either way on it, got... What, five and a half minutes or something? Or no, long? much longer. Really? Much I thought longer. it was... I, it, well, at least it felt like an eternity. I thought it was, like, one of the longest at five, over five minutes or something. It was it over did. five minutes. Easily over five minutes. It was... I, I thought, like, I couldn't believe they just kept letting him go. And there was no... Well, no, what were they going to... You know, I thought... 
well, it was funny because the academy later then said too that they asked him to leave and he said no. So that should have been brought up. And then there's up. conflicting reports on yeah. all this. Stuff. Right. And uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Howard Stern was talking about how like he should have never been allowed on stage. Where's the security there? And then there's all this stuff like you know like that. But I I don't get how they let him go on for so long. And I think it's funny because he released you know not to be bogged down the whole podcast on like the slap, but he he then releases a public statement after the like two days after the Oscars like apologizing to Chris Rock but what I thought would have been way better is he goes up on stage he's crying and he apologizes to his fellow nominees and the academy and then two or three days later says oh I'm sorry Chris Rock I shouldn't have done that it's not right. indicative of the man I want to be you apologize there then when you you had time to apologize to the academy which who the hell cares? You have apologized to your nominees, which slapper no slapper nominees are going to be pissed at you anyway because you beat them out for an Oscar. So that's when you apologize to Chris Rock. Anything he, after that feels so disingenuous. And for, yeah, for me, if he too, if he, if he wants to defend his wife and right. get up there, I I mean like you know like that that could have been a low blow. Apparently, there's a lot of history there. He could have just come out and said like, man, not cool. Well, you know like he didn't need to slap him. That's that's right. where it's like he crossed. he could have just sat down and said, "Chris, enough." That's what I'm saying. Like if if Amy Schumer and had made a joke like that, he wouldn't have got up, got out of his seat, gone up to her and said he could have just said, "Hey, Amy, you know, and cut I, it," and that would have cut it, and that may maybe you know diffuse the whole thing. This takes away from everything, and that's all people are going to talk about from the Academy Awards is is what happened. What what got me though too was seeing. You know, um, uh, Bradley Cooper and Tyler Perry going over to 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 Will Smith at this. I didn't hear. I didn't see one person like in that audience. If I saw somebody getting slapped and I'm sitting in the audience, I might have gone up and said, "Hey, are you all right?" You know, I mean, I saw, after you realize that, audience was stunned. I, I saw, get that, um, but yeah. you know what? There's somebody. I did see Wanda Sykes and Denzel Washington went up to Chris Rock. To, but, but, to, but well, not not on stage, right? Yes, not but on after, stage. Yeah. But I'm saying here's a guy that just now you don't know if he got hurt, Chris Rock, at this point or whatever. But I see like at the commercials and they're cutting back. His publicist went over. Chris Rock's publicist, Denzel, went over, and all these people. are... I'm like, does anybody gonna like say, you know, or somebody come like one of the hosts come out and say, hey, you are right. I mean, this is a live moment on television where a guy just got smacked in the face, basically. The the, the big the biggest problem I and think that's what got me. Thing. I don't care. You're you're I don't care if you're actors or you're stunned or whatever. You see somebody on the street get slapped like that, you may go up and say, Are you okay? Nobody. This is what ticks me off. Nobody gets up there and goes, "Hey, Chris, you." The, okay. the one thing nobody's I will say, friends with Chris Rock in this audience. No, no, the, and, and I completely agree but with that. He, the, the one thing I'll say is, I sometimes work in a place where someone will get slapped, and you'll see something like that. People get really weird, and no, no one knows the exact right thing to do. I think people need to go to Chris Rock. Absolutely, right. I, I know, think but Chris Rock though handled it. I would say perfectly. Oh, he was. Because he immediately, he laughs about as he's getting on stage. Yeah. He gets right. slapped, says, wow, Will Smith slapped the shit out of me. <laughs> right. And then goes on to be like, oh, it's the most entertaining night in TV. And right. then just immediately gives the award to quit. Like, right. he, yeah, no, I he, feel he, like he it's almost like, I get what you're saying, though, too, but I feel like it's almost he played it off so perfectly. No, he was perfect. I'm and, just saying, though. the if- Oscars wanted to move off that moment, I think, way too quickly 
which is they never let it breathe for a second because it was like just go. Well, you can't because you, it's you're. But that's why there was. You got to no get moment. commercials in. You got yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like at that point, it's a live show. You can cut away from it if somebody's coming on there or whatever. But if I'm seeing that and I'm like, I, I guarantee you, let's say Adam Sandler was nominated or in the audience. I think Adam Sandler in shock or whatever would have walked up there. That's one of his best buddies and said, you all right? Because you don't know if Chris Rock's all right at that immediate time. I'm sorry. I mean, no, I, maybe I, that's I, oh, me. There's, there's all these funny pictures I saw, like Kevin James, Adam Sandler, David Spade, Rob Stein. They're like, they're like waiting for Will Smith right. after the show. Right. I'm just, I was dying. Even Stephen A. Smith, which was great, he gave a whole thing. He was like... He was like, it was during the Oscars, he goes on like Instagram Live and is just like, and Will Smith, I'd be worried about who's waiting for you after the show. He's like, that was totally It's ridiculous. I mean, I, I saw like, you know, there's, I remember when Jim Valvano gave the speech at, at the um, ESPYs when he could, uh, you know, Mike Krzyzewski and um, went and helped him come down, you know, to help this man who couldn't move basically and... Uh, you know, like there's moments where you don't just have to go and see if somebody's okay or or help them out. Or and Dick Vitale also helped them. I mean, this is like a moment where there is there is no presence or prep preparation. No, obviously been, there's no because you would never think it's going to happen. But I'm just saying is like you know, and then don't get up and give your speech of I'm filled with peace and love on the river of love. Whatever he's saying is flowing through. You, it doesn't mean anything because it's it's. You're trying to change the narrative of something you did and telling people, you know, your your life, you know, you hear things and whatever. You caused this whole thing. But this is a a moment you you know you're going to win, basically. You won all but the BAFTAs. You won every other award for Team Richard, correct? That, I think he only won this one. He didn't win, like, for other I, awards? I, think, I don't believe so. I thought that... I thought that basically, like, it was like the Oscars calculus, it was his time, which... That's the one I thing. I could have sworn he won it. Well, maybe I'm wrong. But, but, but whatever the case may be, you know, you're you're when you're doing a film or whatever, and it, it's, it's a good film, whatever, and you get nominated for an Academy Award, you're not looking like when you're making the film, oh, this is my, this is my moment here. I don't think actors look and say, well, this is the film I'm going to make. So no one's entitled to get an award for a movie. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's your time. Okay, I know we were nominated twice before for Ali... And I forget the name of the other film he was nominated for. He didn't win. But nobody's guaranteed anything in life. You're not guaranteed winning an Academy Award because you, you know, like, ask Paul Newman until he did The Color of Money. He lost out on hundreds of, you know, seven other times he was nominated and didn't win. Nobody's guaranteed anything in life. You work for it. You, you hope it's the best work that you can do and it's done. It's like when you're playing sports. You're not just because you are out on the field. Hey, well, we deserve to win today. No, you got to go out. You make your film, and you hope that people like it. And if awards come from it, but nobody's guaranteed anything. That this should have been Will. This is Will Smith's moment. What What I was gonna say was the only real big, and this is, I mean, how would you react to this? Like the only big misstep that uh, Chris Rock had, and I felt again, so much of this is I feel really bad for Questlove. And that documentary, because it married so much from... But uh, he said Questlove and four white guys. And one of the guys was yes, white. Right. And also, like, 
But he, did he guys, say that before or after the slap? It was after the slap. Okay, so, so you got to cut him some slack there I'm, too. I'm the not, guy's I'm just not, been slapped in the I'm, face. Yeah, I'm not eating him alive. I just, I do feel. No, like, I know. I heard that that gentleman. He said he was only speaking for himself, not the rest of the members that won. That the man that yeah, yeah. That it, I get that, and I, I forget his name, and I'm sorry about that. But the guy just got smacked in the face in front of. Uh, the thing for me, it's like the ripple effect of that slap and the fact that we're talking about that slap. It just ruins so much. It's not good for Will Smith. It's not good for Chris Rock. Well, it's the not only good. thing he was good for was the Oscars because nobody knew they were on except for that. <laughs> yeah, you yeah know? I know. I mean, it just puts a poll because now we're going to have to hear like next year the stupid, they're either not going to make a joke about it and everyone's going to know that, oh shit, or... They're gonna make a joke about it, and that's gonna be stupid. It's well, a lose lose. Hosting. It depends on who's Gervais hosting. Is hosting Ricky Gervais be... won't host. Well, no, I look, just mean like, and that's that would be the whole you know, set. You want to do a bad joke? That. Have Sylvester Stallone come out as Rocky and Chris Rock. You know what I mean? You want to do stupid things and make a light of it, or what are you gonna do? Have you know uh, the Ali moment with Will Smith? It's never gonna be right. It's never going to be right. No, you can't no, make no. this. It's it's the whole right. thing, and it's sucks. always going to be the slap. That's what it's going to be. The Academy Awards now is this one is going to be. It's the slap. It's not who won, and you can't remember a lot of them. And no knock on these people that win, but you don't remember every award that's won. But you can't have what happened with you know the, the whole slap thing and not and not being talked about for a while it's going to fade out like everything else does and it will but it'll, it's going to come up every year it'll come up every yeah. year but i mean you don't you don't you're not going to dwell on it at the academy awards you know what i mean you're not going to next year you're going to bring up well i just hope this doesn't get my face you know anybody that comes up or whatever i i don't think that i don't think be the way do, to do, it. do that it's going to be this if anything and it's not a, a thing that i think anybody wants but maybe the producers don't hate is it's going to be like I wonder what's going to happen this year if people will then turn into the well, I, I think trust me I don't think it's it's going to be no, I think never. it'll be very right down the middle we're going to ask you know you have Steve Martin as the host or you know you have Amy Schumer back who's really funny too I think she's great. I think Amy I think the three of them did a great yeah job. I'm, not, I'm I'm just thinking about yeah, Amy yeah. Schumer not because I I think Amy Schumer is great Wanda Sykes is. Always cracks me up. She's being on, on Curb Your Enthusiasm and everything. She's great. She's got a great timing. She's, and she doesn't, you know, she'll tell you exactly how she feels too, one Sykes, which is great about her too, because she came out against Will Smith there. She said he ruined and the whole thing, and it's right. And I was, I was, yeah, and I was surprised that the reason why I mentioned Regina Hall twice is because she doesn't have a background in stand up. No, she doesn't. And I thought that she was really natural up there. I thought that yeah. she was really. Really, I was. I mean, like she's done some comedy, right? But like acting in comedy is a lot different than being in front of all those people. Stand up is the toughest thing, or trying to make people laugh, especially like we said in a crowd that's not like you got to entertain me tonight. I want to be entertained, but I'm serious, and I want to, you know, I'm an actor too. But you have to know like who you can joke with, and apparently you can't joke with Jada Pinkett Smith uh, at all, and that was. It, it, it did ruin everything because it's like what, you know, the biggest thing before that was La La Land, <laughs> you know, when that happened. That yes, was... and like his, like the Oscars has, because you, you'll see a lot of, and I don't want to say false equivalencies because the Oscars have like, you know, 
They've given awards to Roman Polanski and some and Harvey Weinstein and some pretty shitty people. Well, they're not no longer members though of the Academy. They're, they, they, they are they, they are they, they, thrown they, out of the, the Academy. Oscars. Finally, well, neither is uh, Will Smith now. <laughs> well, yeah, which, yeah, yeah like, but they they're, they're they're double secret probation. They can never come back. Yeah. Uh, Roman Polanski. Or, yeah, or, or, like because like there's that's the shit that they like. You see those things like that. The only thing is like these are this is the overt stuff that's on camera that you can see right. that like people right. will point to and it's gonna be it's gonna be talked about. It, oh it, yeah, it, it'll be talked about. But I don't think I don't think the if you're gonna do the Academy Awards next year, you're gonna come out with like it, it may be brought up broached or something like that. But I don't think it's gonna be like you know a big thing about it. I, yeah, I, I, I just can't see you, I mean because it's too raw, right? I can see there being a story like a week before that. Right. There was like extra do we, security. Do you remember last you know? year or like, what happened? Like there might be or... like, you know, like a security guard by the stage. Almost in that sense, like in case anybody just tries to run up on stage. And the, be like, Yo. Before the one bit that Amy Schumer did that I thought didn't land, the, um, the seat filler joke, she had a really funny thing that I thought was kind of like the perfect way of handling it for a little bit. Like, I was back getting changed. Did I, did did I, I miss, miss something? Anything? Yeah, exactly. That was like, that's the... Right. Like, you get a little nervous laughter out there. Right. I wish that they had... Uh, it would have been cool if they allowed Zelensky to speak. I think that would have been... That would have been one political thing that wouldn't have split up the crowd that everyone kind of would have agreed with. That would have been... Well, is he going to melt his Academy Awards now, Sean Penn? Sean Penn? Oh, here's here's the, the my one my one hot take was the this is still the second worst thing to happen to Chris Rock at the Oscars. The other thing was Sean Penn browbeating oh, Chris I Rock know. for that not knowing who ridiculous. Jude Law. Was. No, he know who Jude Law was, but he said, "What is he was Jude going to win every award or is he nominated for everything?" He goes, "Jude Law is a well, incredible actor," and I'm like, "So still, this is the biggest insult to Chris. Right, the second biggest right. insult second, to Chris." Every time Rock. he comes here, he's getting like knocked around. He gets here. What Beat by Sean, by Penn, Sean about Penn for avenging Jude Law's honor. <laughs> exactly. And Jude Law's doing just fine. Yeah, I don't think we have to worry about Jude Law. So. He's doing really, really well. Yeah, that was, an, I didn't even think of that, but that's true. Like, you know, come on. Um, that was another Oscar moment that we, Jude Law's was magnificent. He's, yeah, he's just saying, what is he up for everything? It's a joke. Can anybody take a joke at these things? I thought, Seriously? I saw the. Uh, the that's I, why comedies never get nominated. Because nobody can take a joke, obviously. Yeah. They want to be entertained by a comic that comes out like Billy Crystal did it wonderfully for years. But he got his little digs in. Steve Martin gets his little digs in about Steve. Steve Martin for me is the best host. But just don't talk, you know, joke about somebody else. Don't talk about me. That's that's what they like. Oh, you're goofing on him. That's fine. Joke about me, but. Yeah. But but in a very way where I'm not going to get too offended or you're going to, you know, my my facade is going to be. Pulled down. This is where the English are better. (laughs) Well, who knows? Maybe, you know, an English comic made fun of Jada Pinkett Smith at the Baptist and he comes up there and does something to you. know, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous, though, that the whole thing even happened. I have no sympathy for Will Smith. I'm sorry about that. It's not going to make me tune into the Oscars next year because. Who's going to get, what are they going to do? Like one of the teases, who's going to get punched this year at the uh, Academy Awards? I mean, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. No, I think ultimately this is a, a, a net bad for the Oscars. The Oscars well, it's, should... a, it's a net bad for, for Will Smith. The Oscars can't control what's going to happen. On no, no, no. I, but they can't control what's going to happen. But like now it's like, this is going to be the narrative. And it's it's kind of like, yeah, it got some eyes there and got some people well, interested. It's got people still talking about it. Yeah. Which... After the Academy Awards that Monday or Tuesday of the following week, nobody's talking about, wow, 
I can't believe Jessica Chastain won. I was so thinking it was going to be, you know, come on. For a movie that wasn't really good, and it really makes Tammy Faye Baker a lot better than Tammy well, Faye. Well, she did do a lot of things. For I, I don't know the whole history, but I know that she, but. She did well, do a lot, and, and she she wasn't evil. I don't, I no, don't think she that, wasn't an evil person. No, it's, no. And that's, that's fine. It just wasn't a great movie, the yeah, Tammy Faye Baker. It was kind of much too short. It, it moves through a lot of stuff. Um, I think Jessica Chastain did an amazing job in that movie. Right. Uh, just wasn't my favorite movie. Right. Uh, I, what, but, would your, what was your pick for, like, best actor? Did you have a pick? Did you think somebody was going to win? Know, honestly, yeah, no. I mean, I guess, I guess she's the only... I'd have to go back and, and, and look at that category. Um the fact that nobody stands out probably leads. Yeah, to she yeah. she she was she was good in that movie. She she does carry that movie. It's just that that movie was narratively a little bit of a mess. But it's like we it's said terrible. anyway. It does. I mean, like you're you're nominating somebody new every year. Every year there's going to be a light category of like, do they really get an Oscar for this? But yeah, you need somebody to win. Right, so. we've got to get Here, five. Here's my Oscars axe to grind quickly, and we can bounce off of it. How is it that Dune won the most awards? Every technical award except for costumes, which I think they should have won costumes. But anyway, you do all that and you don't nominate the director, the guy who made all of it happen. You don't, and everyone there except in speech is like, this movie would not have happened without the director. How is the director not, you got the best picture and you don't nominate the director for best picture? Like, that should be a lock. It was crazy that. Well, that's picked by, but each. Did he write it too, though? He he helped adapt the screenplay. Um, so how many? Uh, it won. So Dune basically Dune won. Dune won the most awards for, for the most Oscars. Dune won. I think Dune won six. It was all the technicals, right? Except for the costumes, which I cannot believe that movie Corella won for best costumes over Dune. But, um, uh, it, it, but not given to hot take. There is my hottest of hot costume. takes. You tickle the, about the costume I'm the only design. guy really pissed about the <laughs> costume. I remember we talked about this on a previous podcast, but he was the one. He was one of the directors who also remember came out against the MCU films, saying they're all formulaic or whatever. So maybe if he does a MCU superhero movie film, then he'll get nominated for a best. And he was award. even pretty light. He's just like they could be. I just I don't feel bad for him though. Also, the most Oscars they won. I mean, the movie, uh, like you said, we talked about was a, is a lead up for another movie. It is, but it's a, it's a great movie. And listen, Dune is impossible to adapt. Dune is crazy, and he somehow made that movie palatable. He made that movie understandable to people who wouldn't like it, and he made half a book a good movie, and that was all him, and he wasn't nominated for an Oscar. It's a little bit crazy, but you could say that about any director who, if you're going to nominate the best picture, you should probably nominate the best director. That's... That's, I mean, like, the director makes the picture happen in the so, end. So he didn't get, you're saying, they, they were nominated for Best Picture, but not Best Director? No, he was nominated for all the technical awards, Best Picture, and he was not nominated for Best Director, which is just so weird. It was like the gap of all the technical awards and Best Picture. Now, June didn't win Best Picture. It was never going to win Best Picture. Um and I don't what think... What even won Best Picture? Uh, Coda. Coda won. Right. Coda won for that. Which I heard was like a cute movie. Um, but I mean, I, I have to say, the guy, the deaf man who gave this speech, very moving. Very, very moving speech. Um, right. 
that really was, shows me how much I don't watch new movies anymore because I don't even know. I haven't even well, heard. That's, that's a movie. I haven't even heard of Coda. Was it Mary Matt? Mar- was it Marley Matt? Marley Matt. Forgive me. She was in it, and she um, and it, it. The thing is, it only came out on Apple TV. Oh. Which is like again, it's it's like this. It's hard to get it when a movie only comes out on Apple TV. Right. Yeah. If you, you don't have. Yeah. It's 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 it is. But there's so many different ways to yeah. get films now. Anyway, everyone like thought said. that Netflix would have won with um, uh, Power, Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. I in the beginning that was I said, well, this is going to run away with everything, and then it turned out that it didn't because it was a very long. First of all, it was a long, like three hour movie. Three hour long season, long Oscar season too, and then like things just kind of got like segmented. Now, who again. won Best Director? This Jane year? Campion, the woman who did the one who did. did okay, because she got in a little bit of hot water too. Uh, it was brilliant. Early, yeah, yeah, but it was a silly thing. She was just saying, "Hey, I'm going up against the men here," and the people were like. Well, how dare you, you know. I remember she got hot water because she filmed a movie in the West in Australia. It was like it takes place in the Wild West. Oh, yeah. that, was the, that was the Sam Elliott thing. That was Sam Elliott. Elliott. That was First was so yes. yes. Yeah. Sam Elliott went ridiculous, ridiculous, and then she yeah. had her wrong then she take. had her moment. Which, all she's saying is, look, you, you know, it was a very, like, she's giving them a compliment. Hey, you've gone through so much, and, and you know, you struggle so much, the, the Williams sisters, and it was amazing. Now try and going up against the men. They're like, well, don't talk bad. I'm like, she. it's right, because how many women directors are there? I mean, you know, I mean, let's be honest about it. They're not given the chance. No, I... They're not. It, so, you know, she's just, like, blowing her own horn for a minute here. But like, this yeah, is ladies, also... But it's just, like, you can't say... This is also the difference between Twitter and reality. Right. Because, like, we... Well, we, they're intertwined, though. They are intertwined now. But, like, you hear all this shit on Twitter that, like, it... That was not how the the Williams sisters felt. No one came out and came for her. That was beyond anyone. It's no, like... No, no, I'm just saying... Can have a, I'm just, yeah, no. I, that it's even... A, it has to be a moment. You well, know what I mean? Like, this, here's this woman just, like, basking in the glow of... And saying, you know what? This is for all women here. Because the entertainment industry is dying, and it needs it needs stuff to be relevant, and these right. all lead to clicks that lead to articles. That's what all this yeah, is. The it's biggest like, uh, they said that after the Will Smith slap that had Twitter had the most interactions it had in years, like the most people right. tweeted in that amount of time because of that. So it's like it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It's Whatever will get people talking, and that's the right. that's the biggest problem with all of this because you got that. I mean, like, not to bring into politics, but like all the stuff that uh, the Supreme Court nomination uh, process has been right. this total terror. Right. And there's now pictures of Senator Ted Cruz looking at his phone after he makes a point to see what his mentions on yeah, Twitter right. are. Right. That's so, that's like that's the whole thing. That's the biggest problem well, is that like. We we're only the loudest, most annoying voice is getting the bullhorn when the majority of the people are like, people make mistakes, people say stupid shit. Well, you can't. It's you not, have to be perfect because somebody's no, going to pick on you right away. Now, there's perfect, and then there's you know going beyond perfect here. What what like we're talking? About it's a spectrum. Everything. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's it's well because it's also but, it's like not not everybody's seeing all the movies nominated or you know to the performances nominated. Not right. everybody even talking about the slap saw. The movie that it got, but it's like you could talk about that moment. You could you talk saw, about yeah, that slap. You have to talk about the movie because you know if you're not talking about the slap, then what you're talking about? Oh, did Will Smith deserve it? Did this performance? Everybody talking about the slap didn't see all these Oscar performances. No, and and, and that, the, the that's problem the most is, people. you know, to quote DJ Khaled, Will Smith played himself. 
because the the only the, the, didn't congrat- he come out in the beginning of the Academy he did, Awards he did too? come out yes, yes. DJ Khaled did come out the, was the, that a planned thing too yeah or? of course I mean it I was saying like it didn't feel like it but right yes, that's yeah. what it said it was a really awkward moment like I said I because well, I had yeah. trouble with Channel Seven so I I'm, I'm, I couldn't get this I went to was watching other stuff and I wake up in the morning and it wasn't even like I go on the phone, you know, I'm checking them. Like it wasn't even the top. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Will Smith, what? Years from now, what people happened? will, will try and dissect what it is that DJ Khaled actually does. <laughs> yeah, but, right, but, but, he's, but he's known. So w- Will Smith could have gotten the Oscar like at his time for a movie that nobody remembers or really truly cared about all that much. But the narrative of Will Smith finally winning his Oscar, which I didn't know was Will Smith needed to win an Oscar until... Right, until I didn't know either. I didn't give him as an Oscar. Yeah, after. he never really... Like, for me, Will Smith always seemed like the guy who's going to bring in bank when I was growing up and, you know... Right, bad boys, the, you like, know. Pretty much affable and lovable Will Smith. And now Will Smith completely, in many ways, ruined his own night, yeah. ru- ruined ruined his own Oscar, and it's it's going to unfortunately stick with him forever. I can't even and, think of like another Oscar-worthy performance except maybe in Seven Pounds. Because like I always think of... When I, I think Ali of Will was Smith. good. He was good in Ali. He's yeah. been, I mean... Will Smith, I think of Men in Black, you know, Bad Boys, I think of I, Robot, I Am Legend. I don't think any of the, I think those are great movies, like the thing we talk about, the movies that people are seeing aren't yeah. also Oscar movies, but those are movies I've seen and have liked, you know, Independence Day, but I'm not like, oh, Will Smith needs to win his Oscar. No, but like that even, was not, yeah. Approaching on that, like uh, like you talked about Samuel Jackson got his honorary Oscar, like he, he did a whole interview before that. Uh, you know, getting it, but he already knew he was going to get it, you know, like that. It was, he was like, that doesn't do anything for me. He's like, a lot of people have won Oscars and not done anything. Right. A lot of people have won, and it's, and then Halle Berry piggybacked off of that, and she was like, yeah, I won an Oscar, and scripts weren't lining up at my door. She's like, I had to even work harder after winning an Oscar. Right, to get yeah. It. So it's like, because it then you also get the anything. tokenism that, well, they gave Halle Berry an Oscar finally. Like, they, yeah. they gave a black woman an Oscar that wasn't, you know, Hattie McDaniels, and then she had to carry that shit. Yeah. Like, 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 like who is I'm sorry? Halle Berry. Like, oh, Halle yeah, Berry yeah. had to live with, like, well, we gave Halle Berry her, her Oscar, so right. we're the Oscars. Let's pat ourselves on the back. We did it, and then give nothing to fucking Halle Berry. And then she makes one bad movie, and everyone goes, well, uh, we're done with Halle yeah, Berry. Yeah, right. Exactly. Who is a fantastic actress. Yeah. She is She's great, Halle best. Berry. She is really good. That, and the same thing, so it was like, you know, Samuel Jackson, that, so it's like getting, uh, like, if with that, with an honorary Oscar, doesn't do an Oscar win doesn't do really anything for you so I don't know this whole narrative of Will Smith need to win his Oscar I think he was doing fine before the Oscars Will, let's just be honest yeah. Will Smith doesn't need anything, anything. Right. Yeah. Will Smith's got 600 million dollars yeah. he's doing just well, he's worth 350 if you go by um, okay yeah. So, okay yeah but um, well if you combine what you know yeah yeah combine you know Exactly, but, but anyway, the the Oscars. Um, well, it got us talking about it. Got it got more us than talking I about the Oscars. We've it, now it, had exactly. three episodes where we've discussed the Oscars in one way or another, and the Oscars did some things right, a lot of things wrong, and I think the Oscars just. I just here's my hot hot takes. If you're gonna give Samuel L. Jackson an award, and Denzel Washington is presenting that award, that should be there. Televise that shit. So he was nominated for Ali and The Pursuit of Happiness, Will Smith, in 2002 and 2007. He was nominated for Ali and then The Pursuit of Happiness in 2007. So this was his third... Two thoroughly, huh, movies, and he won for a... 
Like that was, right. but but he slapped somebody, and that's all we're ever going to talk of about. Of course, and, and, and that's but, probably the way it should. Because, like you said, did he really need it for this, yeah, really, this like, movie he, anyway? Like did any of us even to... see this movie? Did you see this right. movie? No. It's like Dad, the Blind Side yeah. when you know when Sandra Bullock went for the Blind Side. The funniest take about this movie, I have to say, I can't remember who made the joke. I think it was Wanda Sykes. I think where it's like finally a movie about black women. Coming out and overcoming. Oh, Amy Schumer, and, and, and it's about their dad. Like <laughs> exactly, that, like yeah. that was yeah. that was a funny. That, that was, was that landed oh, really hard. Yeah, this is the movie where he's the father of the Venus and Serena yeah, Williams. Yeah, and the movie Williams. isn't really about Venus and Serena Williams. It's more like how the dad got them to where they are, yeah. which is an incredible story in itself. These. It's the greatest tennis story. players yeah, ever. But, uh, yeah, They're the amazing. Spotlight should have been on the actual athletes, right? The, you yeah. know, maybe a little bit and more. I'm sure that the dad and King Richard himself came out against what Will Smith did. Yes, exactly. He's so. like, I don't condone violence, right? And yeah. Then, yeah. Look, is right. it going to hurt him as far as at box office? Will Smith? No. Is he going to get? Somebody not going to give him a role? He'll get roles. I'm not yeah. worried about that. He's well, fine. It's just he's, that he's don't. You know, give me this, and I'll we'll, we'll get off this because I don't yeah. want to like berate like nobody's gonna you know whatever with Will Smith. But I don't think anyone's talking about this though. And our points are the only people making these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. But don't give me this. Hey, I'm standing. Uh, I am the. I'm you know gonna go up there and I'm gonna show you what. Hey, come on, seriously. You laughed at the joke. You made a mistake. When you get your Oscar, you come up there and the first thing out of your mouth should have been. To Chris Rock, I apologize to you, and I apologize for what I did. To the other nominees in this category, and to all the others that I have taken, I hope yeah. that I have not taken away from what this night should be. It should not be just about me. It's about all yeah. of us. But he didn't do that. He didn't I do thank that. you, oh, yeah. and, 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 you know what? and good night. And, and that's it. Not go on didn't. five minutes where he's crying and this whole bit. Yeah, I'm like, no, that's, come that's on. Whole, you know. Because it's actor time now. Yeah. And Jada Pinkett is strong enough to defend herself, too. You know, and just not Jim Carrey said that. She's a very strong woman, and she could defend herself if she had she, to. You know, we, we can't set the old precedence that a guy's going to go up and defend your honor. Right. Which, because, you know, we talk about the bullshit with masculinity. You can't have it both ways. Right. Where you want a guy to slap the shit out of another guy, and he's not defending his wife. Or, if you don't, right. then it's like... Like, it's The whole true. thing's fraud. Jada Pinkett Smith could definitely... Take care of herself. I think physically, she could beat the and shit verbally. out of Chris Rock. I'm yeah, sure. exactly. If she needed to. So I don't think she needs that, uh, you know, mansplaining moment here, Chris. That you, I mean, uh, well, that you're getting up there and doing what you had to do. She could have handled it herself very well. She could have just said, "Not cool, Chris." Boom. And now it's probably funny. Shut it down. Done. Boom, He's boom, like, boom. "Uh oh, no. uh oh," and that would have been it. Everybody claps. He pats, you know, he goes over, gives her a kiss. That's my, that's my woman. If that's home. my wife, rather. Forgive me, woman. That's my wife right there. Look at her. She's great. You know, and that would have diffused it. Done. But no. Done. It goes but to. That's it. Oscars needs to do better with their movies. Thank you, Mr. Hollywood. Thank you. And, uh, and again, televised Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel, yeah. That's, that's Just thing. put Samuel L. Jackson on TV more. So I want to pivot a little bit to, is Tom Brady the most powerful athlete. And I say this because he retired from playing football, comes back, 17 days later, 
his head coach is decides I'm going to retire. Now there was speculation that Brady had gone to to watch a Manchester U uh, soccer turn uh, soccer match yeah. or football match there. And the, the, the Man U is also owned by the Glazer family, which owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So there was like, well, this is a planned vacation, but but the conspiracy theorists now are going, wait a minute now, why is Tom Brady going to a Man U football match? And the Glazers own the team. And then after he announces he's coming back, his coach is, is let go 17 days after he you know says, I'm not playing anymore. Now, we know he has the cachet, Brad, uh, Brad, uh, Brady, forgive me, to get players to come and play. Mm-hmm. But people are saying now, now he has the power, Brady, to get coaches to resign, decide to move to the front office when Bruce Arians, who's a great coach, Great guy, but he's not. He's more of a delegator. He's more of a not a hands-on guy that sits in every meeting, sits in every positional meeting. And there was rumors that Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady would would work on the game plan for the following team for the for the following week of who they're playing against. And Bruce Arians wouldn't, <clears throat> excuse me, wouldn't be in there for all the meetings. He wasn't. He wasn't going. So to, essentially, he's acting as like the shadow coach as well. Right. As the rather, like you're talking about now, who, Tom Brady. Well, Brady, you know, is going to have input on the on the, you know, on what plays he would like to have and what, you know, because you have to have it. Obviously, what you're planning to do, your plan of action has got to go in week to week. We could run on this team this week. We could pass on this team this week. So you you design your plays that way. Rumor was having it that. Arians was coming on Thursday when they were putting in the plays that they wanted to go with and what they thought would work in certain situations. And Arians would come and say, nah, having not dealt with it during the week, he'd come and say, we're not going to run. I don't, this, no, yes, no. And that kind of got under Brady's skin. Now, this is all speculation that this was happening. But the odd thing is Bruce Arians, who has done wonderful jobs uh, where he's been in, in, in coaching he's been assistant coaches in football he's his staff has been so diverse he's had more african americans on his staff he has two women on his staff he has been the greatest coach as far as that goes for hiring not you know right. the color yeah, of your yeah, skin yeah. but are you good enough to do the job so you, you can't say enough nice things about this guy we, we in fact we talked about him before he's also the guy that says, look, I don't want my coach is spending 17, right, 18 hours right, being yeah. here. I want you to go home. I want you to have a social life. I want you to be with your kids, your wife, and everything else. But the thing with the football side of it with Brady is, I, and this is apparently what was filtered out through you know the media and, and some outlets, that I don't like him coming in and telling us what we're going to do if he's not here all week, if he's not going to be sitting in on us with Monday and Tuesday when we're going over the game plans and the game films and everything, do we really? I, I I'm not thrilled with that. He likes Bruce Arians. He was at his press conference when he was retired. You know, moving up to the front office. Brady he was sitting in the front row. He tweeted out something nice. But the thing is, you can like somebody that you work with, but you can't work with that person, and they're not on the same page like that. He. To me, it was like 
if this is all true and it's speculation and, and whatever, but Brady, in, in a certain way, is like Belichick that this is, we have to do it this way. Brady could be free to talk now, do whatever he wants to do, be the fun-loving guy. But when it comes to the football part of it, I think he wanted this coach to be more like Belichick in this sense that, hey, we're in the game plan. You like this. We're going to go with it. I'm sitting with you. I'm not going to come in and change and scratch off plays and say they're not going to work. And this is what's going on. So I say is, when I mean to see the most powerful guy, in a way, I think he is because he's changed the way athletes do things now in sport. Football players aren't happy, and now you see them moving to other teams. Like in the NBA, we talked about super teams yeah, and whatever. The only question I have is, who did this first? Was it LeBron or was it Brady? Who did the, like, well, I'm kind of... LeBron's... Basketball is was done for... LeBron went, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. Right, my, right. But, like, but to do like, this in football is so much more difficult because you only need, like, in basketball, like, five guys is great. But if you got three out of five or four out of five, now you're, you're talking about getting... Talking about defensive players and offensive players to say, hey, look... I'm coming back, like he talked to these guys that were going to maybe go to free agency and get more money in other places. And Brady said, hey, I'm coming back. You come back here, we got a chance to win. That's the cachet Brady has with that. That's what I'm saying. He did it the first time they won the Super Bowl. Last year they didn't get to the Super Bowl, but they were still a very highly competitive team. This year he's saying, hey, I'm making another run. I retired. These guys were thinking about their agents were looking at other jobs across, you know, like the other teams in the NFL. Now he's like, hey, I'm coming back. All right, I'll resign with Tom because he's coming back. That's the kind of power he wields. And that's what I'm trying to say. Is he the most like powerful guy? Because if he did, if this is true that he was able to get the coach to move to a front office position when he wasn't considering doing that. He was all the time, he was at the Combine, Bruce Arians. He was talking about the two quarterbacks, Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert, that he has on the staff already, that he has on the team already. Maybe they're going to get another quarterback. Tom's gone. And why would you do all this stuff and then days later say, I'm hanging it up? Now, he's saying he retired because he wanted to give Todd Bowles, who's an African-American, a chance to coach, and he thought he would get a chance to coach. But he could have retired... The following he, year... Is he the coach now, Todd Bowles? Todd Bowles has taken over. Okay. Will now, he be the coach next season? Well, he's going to coach He's going to coach next year. He's got a five-year deal he's okay. signed with. Now, he's, he's a good coach, a great defensive coach, but he was saying in the press conference that he was giving uh, Bruce Arians that, well, he's going to... He should. I thought he was going to get a job. He should have gotten a job. He hasn't. I want him to get this job now. But this was after, now this happened in, uh, you know, after March 1st. This was in April, basically, this has happened. So you can't get, like, the, the Glazers, even if they didn't know he was going to do this, you can't get another coach now. You're not allowed to ask other teams, once they're set, their roster and their, I mean, their, their coaches are set, you can't get them now permission to talk to other teams about players, you know, coaches. So other teams have their coaches all in place so it was a natural move to put somebody from the team into into this position but it just seems kind of weird like 
He retires for days, 40 days. He comes back, and 17 days later, the coach is, um, I've decided I'm going to give this up. When you've got Tom Brady back, why would you want to leave then? You could win two Super Bowls in three years. The NFC now is weakened because there's the Rams, the Packers, the and the Tampa Bay Bucks are the three best teams in that. You know, you can throw in the Cowboys, but I don't think they're Super Bowl ready this year. So he's only got like two other teams he's really competing against to get to the Super Bowl. When you look at the NFC, it's much weaker than the AFC. So why would you want to give all that up? He's, his health is not an issue. I mean, he's had some health issues yeah. in the past and be going to the combine and doing all this stuff. But my bigger picture is, does Brady have that? Is he the most powerful guy? Maybe in football. Maybe not in all oh, sports. Oh, absolutely. But in football, I don't think there's a question about I mean, the, it. I really fact, don't. I mean, and this is my layman's perspective, and Mike, you can jump in. The fact that we're even having this conversation and people like, like that the I mean like, I guess I know there's no football right now so the the league needs something to talk about but we're we're talking about and I know that the league is talking about what is Brady's whim on like we're dissecting where he goes what games he goes to whatever it's like um you know like you're trying to read a mood ring like well, what, what what's and that's that's dictating the NFL everything. is drive sports talk 365 days a year. Baseball starting next week. But the big story now, and that's going to be a big story when baseball comes on, but there's 162 games and the strike was set, the lockout was settled and everything. But Tom Brady, if he sneezes, it makes a big deal. That's the thing about Brady. That alone. But to be able to do this in the National Football League is the the tougher thing for me to, to see. I don't think... Aaron Rodgers resigns. We talked about that with the Packers. But his best receiver leaves to go to the Las Vegas Raiders because he liked uh, Derek Carr. But Aaron Rodgers is like, now, you think that would have happened with Tom Brady if Tom Brady resigned? Absolutely not. There's no question about that. Devonta Adams would have stayed for a, a couple of years to work with Brady if he could. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that power. No, no quarterback has that power. Tom Brady can, you know, like they, they say, play three-dimensional chess. He can play... He's playing the game on the field. He's playing the front office, and he knows how to to get people to want to be around him. He's got that that X factor that people look for in everything. That there's like this guy is kind of a guru. Oh yeah, like I will I will I will get paid less to work in his system to win with him. And there's just it's that X factor that is found. But very I give him credit for that because he I, I remember when Russell Wilson was watching the Super Bowl. A few years back, and he had this look like, I should be, I can't stay on Seattle. They're not going to do. And he then went on talk shows and started saying, you know, I don't mind if I get traded. I'm not thinking. But he was able to work his way out. But that would never have been done before, before Brady did it, to put together teams to to ask for trades or to move the way he can. That's the way Brady is. Because people will follow Brady with you. He has that... Like no other athlete in football has that way of, of doing what, what Brady's able to do. It's 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 just amazing. You see his personality is so much different. But he also behind the scenes, like you said, and things leak out never through Brady. It's always the media, somebody, it's his agents, his dad says something. It's never Tom Brady himself, but yet it seems like all his ducks get in a row of things that he wants. And there's no, like, people say, well, why is he there going to a Man U soccer match? 
with the Glazer family there, talking to them. This was a planned trip, supposedly, or whatever. But yet, look what happens. Yeah, I mean... He uh, meets with them. Bruce Arians decides I'm going to retire. Wait, Brady's coming back. I got a chance to win. And he's he's gone? I do feel bad for Bruce Arians in this situation. If, I, if, if it wasn't his choice. I do, too. Like I'm like... You said, if he was... He wanted this guy to get the coaching job, right? Right. But now it's past the point where you can't interview other coaches and that. Correct. Do you think it was also a calculated move by him where the to, uh, the owners couldn't bring in another white coach? It was like you had, right. like he made it like you well, have to hire this guy. The thing about the Glazers is they've hired minority coaches before. This isn't their first minority hire, so they they have a pretty good track record of bringing in other coaches. That this are, is his way of being like now you have to. But I, I, I think want. he's loyal to his his friends, no doubt, Bruce Arians. But what's a better chance to do it? Like, if you win another Super Bowl, he's your defensive coordinator that's won two and three years now. He's going to get a job if not with the Bucks. He's going to get another job if he's won two Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator in three years. Definitely going to happen. He had a bad time in New York. It didn't work out as well. Didn't have the team he has. Didn't have Tom Brady. So, but the thing is, if you're going to retire, why go to the combine? Why go and say, we're going to work on quarterbacks. We might bring in a free agent. We're going to look in the draft. We're going to see what we're going to do. Why talk as we when you know in 17 day, days later, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I decided I'm giving it up. It's just kind of a weird dynamic. Why go to the combine? Why not let Todd Bowles go? He's the new coach. Why not, you know, or or give the Glazer family a chance to hire anybody they want to hire? You know, so why? It's just weird the way it transpired. But And I'm not throwing Brady under the bus here because it could all be speculation. But it's just, to me, he is the most, he went from, you know, being the New England guy. I'm quiet. I'm not saying a thing. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to do, I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm the Patriot way. I don't say a word to now. Hey, I'm throwing the Super Bowl trophy from one boat to another when we win. I'm partying. I'm hanging out. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm retiring. I'm not retired. I'm coming back. That's, it, it's amazing to me that the morph of like, he was always like a Derek Jeter in the press conferences. We just got to get better for next week. We got to do what we have to do. Like Jeter never gave you anything in a press conference. That was Brady. Now... Look what he's done. Uh, he's basically made a super team in, 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 in Florida, got guys to come down to Tampa Bay, which was not a great franchise. They won they won a Super Bowl previously with John Gruden as the coach years ago, but he took them to relevancy. And if you're in the business of making money and Tom Brady is going to fill your stadium, sell your jerseys, have you come and pay for parking and concessions and and everything? You're going to listen to Tom Brady a little bit more than maybe, hey, we can get a head coach, even though he's a good head coach, Bruce Arians. Brady is the draw. And plus, when you had no fans coming in to a stadium during COVID year, now you're getting filling up the 80,000-seat stadium or whatever it is you're getting people talking about you, you're relevant again, Brady makes you relevant. That, it, it's you, especially for the National Football League who whose owners are like, hey, we're the owners, you're the players. Brady is now bucking that going, yeah, okay, but I want a seat at the table now. 
where you don't you didn't see that in the National Football League. You saw it in baseball. Their their union is very strong. You see it in the NBA players move and whatever, and they'll they'll make accommodations. But football was always like the hey, you do what we tell you to do, you know, and don't do anything outside of what we tell you to do. So yeah, man, I'm I just think. saying. I mean, it was just something I had to bring up because I mean we've we've talked I think about he is Brady a lot. One of the more powerful, but I think. To that credit, too, it's obviously... Uh, this is obviously known because he's won so much, but I almost right. can't... I don't want to say it's set a precedent because obviously now Russell Wilson, okay, like, you know, with that with Seattle, he wanted out. No, he went, you know, somewhere right. now else. Now he's on Denver, now, yeah. Now, yeah. you know, Aaron Rodgers, he had all those right. airing out his grievances. Now he's got a big deal there, whatever. But I almost... Looking at the careers of the people in the NFL, let's just say this is Tom Bray's last year. Right. Maybe Mahomes. I can't see anybody mm-hmm. getting this power after Brady leaves. Because the whole thing with Brady is he's like, look, I'm I'm one of the top three, top two best quarterbacks in the league, and I'm forty. You know what? 44, yeah, 45, 45, 45, yeah. yeah. So, and he's also won seven Super Bowls. So it's like That's he has that point. record that he can bring. But I can't see anybody now. Well, when he retires, and when the owners are going to be like, well. You know, if Russell Wilson doesn't doesn't work out in the Broncos, he's like, I want to go somewhere else. Right. Like, well, look, you only won one. You know, like this. True. I can. I can't see. That's a good point. I think he's the most powerful, but I can't see this becoming a trend when he retires. That's a good point. Unless, like you said, Mahomes or Josh Allen for I the Bills. See you know, if he wins another one, that's. But he's also under contract now for right. Know, he's, and then he'll that's be, true. That's oh, true. And then we'll see from but there. But it just. Right, because he's got the long-term deal. That's a that's yeah. a very good point, and I didn't, you know, you, you could think of it that way. The only thing is, like, will he have Mahomes' sense? Will he say, "Look, I don't want this guy. Don't bring this guy in. Get this guy or draft this guy." Brady saying, "Brady started it. Will yeah. it continue?" But right now, I don't think there's been a player in football that's been more powerful than Tom Brady no. over the years of what he's been able to do. But you have to. The big thing is you have to win. You're yeah. right. That's the, the perfect point. If Mahomes' Chiefs don't, you know, win year after year, they get knocked out, don't get to the Super Bowl, don't win a Super Bowl, whatever. You have to have to back it up to get guys to come here. Now, will if they're always competitive, Kansas City, Mahomes says, well, we should really get this guy or we get this guy. Or, but if everything's working together, you're right. You don't have to be as powerful. But Brady just, I, and that's the. This is just like speculation and things, but that's a really good point. Will somebody need to be like Brady? Yeah. But right now, Brady is just as as oh. powerful as any other like owner, I think, in the league. Because I think he's, it also helps Brady's case that he he has like what a one year deal left. Right. He also right. could retire at any point. Right. Where it's like it would almost I feel like to have that power as a Mahomes or Josh Allen, yeah. you need to stop signing these eight year, nine year deals. You sign right. like a three or four year uh, year deal. With, like, the option to leave after two years. You right. give the team a reason to sweat. Okay, if you don't want to bring in this player, I'll just leave. Right. Because right. name a team in the league that doesn't want Patrick Mahomes as right. a quarterback. But it's hard to turn down when they're offering you $50 million or yeah. $48 million a year. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. it, you know, it's guaranteed and whatever. And this is what these guys are making, which salaries are, are and it just comes well-deserved. Does money, 
for like a Mahomes in that sense is money outweigh the the legacy of do you want Very true. do you want a contract that'll give you a total of five hundred million dollars over the course right. of eight years or do you want to keep bouncing around from different teams right but end up with like seven or eight Super Bowls right because you, you know can, depending that's that's really what do you want the power or do you want the money that's why it's always like on the rookie deal to you know let the guy. Go a couple of years, see how good he is. But with Mahomes, you knew what you had. You had to lock him up because yeah. you didn't want to franchise tag him and then he could okay. leave twice and whatever. I mean, yeah, it was smart by Kansas City to sign him for. You had did. to. But if Mahomes wanted that like bargaining power, if that right. they're going to say, "What are you going to leave?" Well, it's like yeah. Lamar Jackson hasn't signed yet with the Ravens. Yeah, and he's and like, he's never, he's, 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 he's got a, He could get franchise tag twice for a tremendous amount of money. But they're saying like, wait a minute, you can get. We're willing to pay you, but he is not. He doesn't have an agent either, mm-hmm. so th- they're trying to figure out in in, in Baltimore, like, well, why don't you want to? We're we're willing to give you yeah, truckloads of money, but you don't want to take it yet. But if he gets hurt and doesn't have any of that guaranteed money, let's say he yeah. gets hurt next year, the way he plays, he he gets just yeah. what he's gotten so far, but not guaranteed money years down the road. He's taking a chance on himself, but. The owners are like, we'll pay you. Yeah. What do you want? Well, because that, yeah. then we can figure out our salary going in the next few years to keep people around you to play. I mean, if we can't sign you, then we don't know what to do. Do we look for another quarterback? Do you want to stay here? It's been it's a really weird situation with him. And um, like you say, he's betting on himself. But I hope for his sake that he right whatever happens goes right. Because I think he's a great quarterback. He is people. great. But owners are you saying like are looking at him? We're like, okay, if he gets one knee injury, he could be RG three. Has amazing talent, but then he exactly. he's, a, he's a run first quarterback. And I'm thinking for him also like why would I want to risk that? I'll yeah. say an extension for like four year extension. 40 million, 160, like 90, whatever, all the guaranteed. But if something happens to me, you guys know what your salary cap issues are. Plus, I've got security because I've laid my, you know, body out in the field for you guys for the last few years of of doing what I'm doing. So it's really, you know, interesting. The NFL keeps you going. Just a couple other things. The NCAA tournament, Final Four weekend, Duke, North Carolina. Now Coach K is retiring North Carolina has never met Duke in the NCAA tournament, which surprised me. I didn't even realize that, let alone the Final Four. Now, I know your opinion's on Duke, but would you want Coach K to win for I want Coach year? K to lose. Oh. I want Duke to lose, and I want North Carolina to be the one who so slays say, this dragon. Whole, I, I have nothing. One thing sports is, is storylines. His last year, would he win? But look, I also know your feelings on Duke. I, I Look, Coach K, the winningest coach in, in, in He's fine. college mm-hmm. basketball. Over 1,196 wins, 365 losses. This guy is great. He doesn't need me to say he's a great coach. He's a great coach. But how great would it be that Duke be two games away, the final, you know, the final four, and then the championship game, and his nemesis, his arch rival, one of the biggest rivals in all the sports, takes him out. They already beat him on his last gate home game in Cameron, North Carolina. So now, if they were able to do it again, first time meeting in the NCAA's, and he's taken out. Now it's be a great storyline either way. Yeah, Duke gets the final, you know, gets the championship by slaying North Carolina, or North Carolina stops the run of of Mike Krzyzewski to win his sixth national championship. He's won five already. 
I feel and, like you, especially for you, not wanting Duke. I feel like this is look, their chance. If if Duke makes it to the finals, the storyline alone will propel them oh, to win. So and, you need them to lose in this final I'll, four. And I'm curious to know tonight. It's on TNT the game. What the ratings are going to be for that second game? Because the first game is Villanova Kansas, which is still Kansas and Villanova are good teams too. Yeah. But this is like blue bloods, blue bloods here. You know, Villanova's a blue blood Kansas, but North Carolina Duke. Separated by like 14 miles in Tobacco Road with North Carolina State, North Carolina Duke. This is going to be watched by, well, maybe Zach might be watching Dune or something, but you know, I or, prefer to watch Dune than I, right. I, I, I don't I'm just care saying, for Duke, so for, I'd like Dune But to I lose. never, and I know like people say, like, I'm kind of a hypocrite in this way because I love Notre Dame and I love the Yankees. And you can't get more. Teams that are either loved or hated, the Notre Dame football and the New York Yankees. and But Duke is just a team, like I always liked North Carolina, always did for basketball, and I just can't, it would be so great that if, if, if North Carolina can take Duke out, and nothing, and look, Coach K, great coach, all that, but to me it would be, you know, wonderful to have him knocked out of this thing and 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 just okay it was a great run you're a great coach you know you're he coached at army too zach he was at, uh, yeah, coach yeah, at army. Yeah. he's he's a really good man i have nothing against the guy but no but you it's can also, duke you can also root against right. the team and not like exactly i don't know, like, like duke's I don't, doing fine duke's, yeah, yeah exactly like, yeah, let, like let the, North the bigger, Carolina. Uh, and the bigger thing, too, is like, are you going to have a guy? This guy's coached 46 years, 41 years at the same school, which I don't think is ever going to happen again anymore, the way college basketball and college sports are. 41 years coaching at the same school will never, I don't think will ever happen anymore where you're going to see that after a certain, these like Jim Beheim in Syracuse or whatever. Could they take that grind of 40 years of, of the pressure of doing that? And that's a long time to coach, you know, to do anything, but to do it in the the way that he's well, done it, too. I mean, also, Coach K is like, I know Coach K because we had a freaking Sega game that was Coach K basketball. Steven had it. Right, right. That was I think it was Sega or something like that. It was Coach K basketball. I'm like, who the hell is Coach K? Right. And, and... Like you know that terrible Sony commercial with him in it. Like I know who a college basketball coach is. So right. forty-one years as a place, if you've become that guy, maybe you stay. But if there is but another, I'm just guy, saying I the volatility. Assume, though, of... I I just as crazy as coach there for forty-two seasons. He's won five national championships. championships. Not like that's easy, but you'd almost think with forty-two years, you'd right. have a little Law bit of more averages. Yeah, but, you'd you have know, to have but a you're bit. you're you know. It's a one and done thing, though, too. Yeah, it's, like it's, you know, what I mean, March, you're not playing yeah. two out of three against somebody yeah. or four out of seven. This is they went to thirteen. It says like fi- uh, finals, I think. Right, I think they've been to the final four, Sweet Sixteen, Elite yeah. Eight. They, they, it's, it's been amazing what he's that's, done there. That was Stephen's team for Steven, a while. There, yeah. Stephen kind of switched to the University of Miami this year because they made the tournament, and made a nice little run. But Stephen always liked Miami football, so he went a little bit Miami uh, this year with it. But Duke, I, look. I hope it's a great game. I'm going to watch it tonight. But that's a very... It's just going to be... I'm just curious to see what the ratings are going to be. Fair play, I think it'll beat the Oscars. Oh, well, I don't... Yeah, it's going to be talked about and hopefully nobody gets slapped during the the, the game tonight. There's no... There's nothing like... um, But... 
do we want to just mention how great Chris Kreider's doing this year, Mike? Because I, I want to give you a few minutes on hockey here. Just like, because Kreider has been, like you had mentioned to me earlier, never thought more of a 30-goal scorer, just how great the Rangers are doing. And I still say Colorado Rangers. I mean, is that, Rangers, are, there, are, are they the well, best Colorado team? Colorado right was now? the first team to get 100 points this season. Are, They're which still is the best never a team. good thing if you win the President's Trophy, right? Because then you don't win the Stanley Cup. Is that yeah, that, that is sort of true. But they are right now the best team still. Um, On paper. Yeah. But you think the Rangers seven game series? If now you who would be like you're worried about getting to the, the Stanley Cup Finals? Which is one team you're worried about the Rangers having to play in the a series? Hurricanes. The Hurricanes? Yeah, the Rangers uh, right now. If the playoffs sort of start, the Rangers would play the Penguins. The uh-huh. Rangers have beaten the Penguins the past two games. They've outscored them, outplayed them. They. The Rangers in the East right now against all the best teams, against Florida, the Penguins, uh, you know, Carolina, they have the best record in their conference against playoff teams with, like, 13 wins and, like, I think uh, eight losses. Um, So they're doing pretty good against the playoff teams. What's funny is that they win a back-to-back. Like, they beat the Penguins. They beat the Red Wings, who aren't, like, a great team. But then they lose the Islanders. But they won, like, their past four out of five games – but right. the t- or like you know four out of six games, but they lost to the Devils and the Islanders, right. the two teams out of the playoffs. So it's funny how you could see that they're in like this playoff mentality where they almost like when they're playing a non-playoff team, they're right. kind of plus the Devils in. and Islanders that rivalry. Like yeah. hey, our season's bad, but at least we beat the Rangers. You know what I mean? That's, so that, yeah, that works really. with you too. But I mean, because you mentioned Kreider, yeah, he's got forty-six goals. He's third in scoring for the right. league. Uh, he's never had over a thirty-goal season before this. So now he's got 46, and he's still got some games yeah, remaining. He had gotten hurt a couple of years ago, Kreider, didn't he? Wasn't he injured? He or? had a, I think four years ago he had his wrist surgery. Right, wrist injury but then wrist the, surgery. there was also talk that, you know, should they, if they're doing this rebuild, would Kreider be a guy to go, or was that? Well, before he got signed to, like, this big deal this offseason, he was going to probably be gone. Right. But it, it was really a, it was a, it was a, do you buy into Kreider and have him be kind of like the leader? Right. Uh, because it, he's How the old oldest. is Kreider? He's 30, 32. Is he really? Okay. Wow, he's 32 already. Yeah, I, I was always on the assumption that he was in like 28, but then I remember looking it up like recently when we went to the uh, the game. I, think I didn't mean to throw said, you, you know, like a No, because I always thought of him as the Because he looks, when you see him now, he still looks like he's 25 years old, Kreider. He was, the, there's a picture hanging on the wall here, too, of, of yeah. Chris Kreider. Because he's I, the longest tenured Ranger on the team now, which right. is so odd when to think. that. Hot young upstart. Now it's crazy to think that he's been there. But yeah, because he was. Think, uh, do you think he gets to see next year? Well, I don't know why the Rangers haven't. I mean, I get ever since McDonough left, they haven't had a captain, and I get it because that was a huge guy for the locker room, a huge vacancy right. now, and they're in a rebuild. They're not sure who's going to be here next year, but it really comes down to Kreider as a Benajad for the for the captaincy. Right. Panarin says he doesn't want it. He's like, I can't speak English. I do better playing than I do leading the team. Like he's right. like, I'll play, I'll lead the team by scoring. Like that's what I'll do. Zabenejad is great. He's a good faceoff guy. They both signed them both now for like seven years, so they're both right. gonna be on the team for a while. But you watch, like Zabenejad got hurt, then he got COVID. The media was saying uh, that he's not great. He he's lost like his his, his touch. 
and this was early in the season. He had like a slump, and now of course he's Mika March. They've done he's done like the best play he's had all season. Right. But the whole time the media was saying bad about him, Kreider was going up every day. Like I don't appreciate that. I think he's one of the best players. He's one of the best in the the league. All this. He always goes to bat for guys. You see, right. him, he skates. He's always the last one. Yeah, to leave I'm the shocked ice. They, that he wasn't given the C. I mean, I that's think a he, big deal. I mean, he's been a great. Even, he's been a really good Ranger. I mean, I you don't know, know if it's something with the t- Chris Drury when he became the uh, you know the GM this year. He said we're before the start of the season. He's like, we signed Kreider, we signed our core guys, right? We got a new coach, we got everything we want. He's like, in this year to start the season, we're gonna have a captain. And it's voted on by the players in the team, and, and they they opted to have all alternates. I don't know if necessarily Kreider thinks he wants that responsibility. Yeah. Because some people are saying, like, Jacob Truba could be the captain, which he's all right. I mean, they signed him. I was really happy when they signed him at the time. He's a good defenseman. Mm-hmm. I was happy when he came from Winnipeg because there was talks two years prior that he was going to come to the Rangers at trade deadline. That right. didn't happen. He signed in free agency, but... I wouldn't want Truba to be the captain because I don't. But the thing about Kreider is, to me, he seems just like he's been there through the good, the bad, you know, everything. You know, like well, they're they're, you know, they're they're. That's why all the the younger play, like he's able to play. He would switch when when there's more left wings on the team than there are right wings, and he's always a left winger. Now, I mean, he's playing the left wing in the first line, but he was he's said before that he's willing to play on the right side in an uncomfortable position so he can make more room for the younger guys. Yeah, he's always there going at bat when they're like, "Oh, Lafreniere is the first overall pick. He's not doing that great." He's always going. Yeah, he seems to be the like a just a natural leader. You know, when you look at it that way, because he's anytime there's a he's a big guy anytime time somebody's picking on a player i mean they got ryan reeves for that ability but Kreider is the first one to go but he's played in new york so he knows like i bet the younger guys gravitate to him too because we're playing in new york you know what i mean and how he's handled it you know there's no Kreider did this or he's you know out one night going crazy he seems like this like and he's a guy who came from boston college right so you'd think that you know he seems like he's a leader that it would be just you know, to give him the C, and I, you know, maybe they'll do it for the maybe they'll announce on playoff year, time. Can they do that, or they're just not going to like? Can I guess change the captaincy whenever you want? But I don't think I think I they would think do it after do this it. year. Yeah, yeah. I think the season. I think this. Really? There was all these question marks going into it, like you could, like like you mentioned, they were saying that he could never be a thirty goal scorer. Well, now he's got forty six, and he has a chance to get fifty. Right. You also tied Yager for the most power play goals in the season with sixteen games remaining. He can break that record. He's the longest tenured player. He did a whole thing for Lundqvist in his retirement. He's helped Igor take over the number one role. Not like helped as much as you know goalie coach, but you know he's he's been there to be like, hey, listen, like we had Lundqvist forever. We have now Igor. He's like he's our guy. Right. With that he helped the team like get over losing someone like Lundqvist and that. So he's been there for a lot of it, and I think. His play this year, I don't, I can't see if the captaincy goes to anybody else. It's because he doesn't want right. Because I can't see anybody else. He's playing like a captain. Let's put it that way. He's playing. I mean, when the Rangers are down in a pin, he because now this is the first season, believe it or not, that he's ever played uh, on the penalty kill. He's been on the power play a few years, but now he's on the power play one because he's always on the ice. That's the thing. He's on the first line. He's on their first power play and their first penalty kill. Right. He's been, this is the first year he's ever been on a, the penalty kill, and he's gotten his first career shorthanded goals. He's gotten four of them this year after never doing it before. Right. He's got the size that he's 
bigger. He can fight basically anybody in the league, not like he ever fights. But he's size matchup. He could take anybody. Right. He's pretty much one of the fastest players in the league. He did the fastest skater competition. I think came in third or fourth. Right. You know, like he. So he can do. And now that his scoring is there, they say that he's the best net front presence in the league because he's so big. Goalies can't see around him, and he's so quick to the rebound or like tipping like that. All he'll do, they show like his practice. He, which is something too, which is insane to me, is that his practices will stand in front of the net and just tip in the puck all the, with a stick, you know, in different ways. Which it's like to just not be afraid, right? When you're just your constant, your whole game is just people are just gonna shoot the puck directly at you, and you have to just uh, either you get hit by the puck or right. you adjust or you- it. So it's like to have that skill set and to be so good at it. Where now it's like NHL recognized he's the best in the league, not on the team, you know. Just right, because stats are everything yeah. now. They have stats for everything. He's so, a, yeah. so would you say he's team MVP and top five MVP in the league? For? You, for like to win, like for team MVP, do they give that award out for like the best player on the team? And then for league MVP, would he be in the top five, top ten? I, writer, would, I or? don't know. It's tough for MVP because the... Uh, that's like the heart trophy, which I think Igor Shesterkin would win, just because they have this new analytic where it's like stolen wins, where it's basically like when the other team has way more scoring chances, way better shots on goal than your team, like percentage-wise, high danger chances, things like that, and you steal a win that when you are expected based on the shots that you were faced, right. you were expected to let in five goals. But you only let in one, right. you know, like that's. So he so, would be team MVP. I would say Igor Shesterkin. But would be now team for MVP. the for the league, who's who, give me like your top three like MVPs in the league, and we'll. Uh, for um, like so, most valuable, like no, yeah, I, I would, I would have to say Igor is in is in the conversation for the heart. I would say him. Um, some people will also say Austin Matthews because they put goals over everything. So right. okay, he's the first fifty goal scorer. And Connor he's McDavid, how is McDavid's? I mean, McDavid's got a skill set like anybody in the league. He plays better than anybody, but they still haven't I put the have team to... around him yet, have they? Have, have... I mean, they're the thing is, I don't know if they're gonna. They could win, but they've had a pretty bad slump after the All Star break. Really. They're they're good, not great after the All Star break, but it's it goes on goaltending, it goes on defense. Darnell right. Nurse hasn't been playing that great. They they don't have a goalie. That's the thing. They really their goalie is like notorious for letting in an easy goal in the first like minute of the game. So you're always playing down, you're always, yeah, which okay. is tough. But with that being said, he was the first player to 100 points this season. He the only reason he's had seven seasons. He has five seasons with 100 points. The only reason he didn't get them in the other two was for injury. He was on pace to get 100 points every season he's ever played, which is insane. Have you watched a lot this year of the Rangers or not, not as much? Not, not as much. I'm like, you know, I worked through a lot of the games yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. But, it. yeah, no, it's uh, they're definitely exciting this season. But there's, there's some crazy, like, stats where uh, Cal McCarr from Colorado, your team, that's going <laughs> yeah, to beat the Rangers. Anyway. Yeah, he's the first uh, defenseman to score, like, 30 goals in a season since uh, somebody did it in, what, 2001? Um, Roman Yossi, defenseman for the Predators, is going to be the first uh, defenseman to 100 points since 1992. Wow. He's, like, it's insane. Like, Kreider potentially getting 50 goals this year. 
Roman Yossi getting 100 points, Cal wow. McCarr getting 30 goals, but two of them being defensemen. It's like a lot of stats are happening this year that haven't happened in a while. There hasn't always been a year where there's a 50-goal score. Austin Matthews, Leon Dreisaitl, there could be five 50-goal right. scores by the end of the season, I would say. Ovechkin, Kreider, Dreisaitl, McDa- uh, I mean Matthews, and uh, uh, Kyle Connor on wow. the Winnipeg Jets, which is crazy in itself. But I can, like you were mentioning before, I think at the end of the season, if they really settle down and like, we need a coach to have all these alternating, alternate captains is ridiculous right. after all these seasons, it really should be Kreider. Right. But I know I'm biased because I like him, but I love Mika Zibanejad. I love right. Jacob but you, Truba. Kreider was your first, like... I, I watched the game with Zach. Uh, it was in the playoffs. Um, I forget. I, I don't know if it was Callahan or somebody. Well, because Callahan got... The first assist on Kreider's ever first goal. So I don't think it was Callahan who got hurt, but somebody got hurt. The Rangers were playing the Penguins in the playoffs, and uh, no, the Bruins, I'm sorry. And then Kreider came in. It was his first game ever. And right. you could just notice he didn't score his first game, but he was nosed him the whole way around the ice. Right. I was like, oh, I really like this guy. And then that was, and then that's, that was yeah, it. He's been my was... favorite forever. He scored his only career, uh, well, he scored now more career hat tricks, but his first career hat trick against Tortorella. A guy who was a coach who never trusted him, never he kept bumping him up and down between the AHL right. and that. So that I always loved that storyline. But yeah, um, that start was huge. That's because he came in during that playoff run during that was it the twenty eleven season or 20, yeah. I think it was twenty eleven. And which yeah. is it was crazy to think now he's been in the league for more than a decade. Yeah, yeah. That's, which is why I like. I still have basically no, the same. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why I always feel like, oh, he's got to be like 27, 29. I was like, oh no, he's you know in his. But early playing at 30s, that level, yeah, you get I mean, to have your best career season come after you turn thirty is a yeah. little odd. And it's like you say, he does it all. He plays yeah. a two way player. He doesn't oh, mind yeah. mixing it up if he has to. He stands in front of the net if he has to. He, it's not like he's like. I wish the score team are one of the best with like you know having their sticks in the right spot with their poke checks where you'll watch their games and there'll be a lot of passes that the other team makes that they're always right there and they get it and get a breakaway the Rangers because they're always just immediately good two-way players they have yeah. on that. Good That's why, like you said, like Kreider, he's not a player that, okay, I, I, I love Panarin and he's got the most points since coming to the team. He's got the most assist, or yeah, most points on the team. He's got he's got all these crazy stats I could list off, but basically Panarin for points, percentage-wise, whatever, he's the best but I wouldn't necessarily want him on the ice defending. You know, he's somebody you want in the offensive zone. He's somebody on your power right. play. But Kreider, when he's on the ice playing defense, he's he's great. It's when like another on the, defenseman on the ice because he's yeah. and he's smart. That's the, he knows too, when know? to he knows when to go in. He knows when to stay back. He always knows when to go in for the pass because he's got the speed where if he could just break up the pass, nobody's gonna stop yeah. him. Yeah, and to be as quick as he was at thirty two. Yeah. Playing that kind of style is is really a good thing. Yeah, to not lose a step, you know. But yes. I, I think, yeah, he could definitely. But the Rangers this year, I mean, the Rangers, it would be nervous uh, because Florida is so great and they got Claude Giroux on the trade deadline. You'd right. be a little nervous. But the Rangers beat Florida uh, three times out of three this year. They beat the Lightning, I think, two out of three times this year. They've beaten the Penguins the past couple of times. They have the best record against playoff teams in the East. I don't I don't worry against them against the Penguins, against the Panthers, against the Lightning. But Carolina is your just cuz they they've I Unless think, Carolina gets knocked out by you never know somebody yeah, else. Yeah, that would it, be you know, that, that would be great. That's but what just, happens it, sometimes. It's, you need it's breaks, so you need luck too to win. 
You the know, one so funny we, thing is that it's kind of to me like this happens every year. Like the Lightning were basically the Rangers when they had Callahan, JT Miller, uh, Anton Stroman, Brian Boyle for a brief time, uh, McDonough. They had all these ex Rangers, but right. now that's like Carolina has Antti Ranta uh, as like a backup who was a who was a backup goalie for the Rangers, right. but they have uh, Jesper Faust. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, uh, Derek Stepan for, a, I think now he went to the Coyotes, but he was playing for them for a little bit. And um, they also have, oh, who else do they have? Somebody from the X. They have another ex-Ranger, which is, oh, Brady Shea. He's an ex-defenseman for the Rangers. So it's like another time where it's like the Rangers seem to always lose when they're playing ex-teammates. <laughs> and they always, oh, and Brendan Smith. Okay. Brendan Smith, he's an so, ex-Ranger. But so the, they'll do this, too, where the lines, when they start, it's like the first shift of the game, they'll always start out with, okay, Brady Shea and Tony D'Angelo, two ex-Rangers, Jesper Faust, you know, like that, Brendan Smith will be playing his right. defenseman, but sometimes he plays wing, which is kind of odd, but he's always done that his whole career. So they'll have him play, like, they'll just do it to mess with them and mess with their heads. It's like, all right, every ex-Ranger you've had, we're going to put on the ice at once just to start the game. But Carolina's also... The best team in the East, too. That's why I'm worried about So that. we got to hope Carolina gets knocked out. Yes. The, the, Rangers the Rangers have a little... Uh, they beat Carolina the last time they played, but Carolina beat them 4 nothing in the bubble playoffs last time they faced. And right. that. They beat them twice this year. Uh, they're a team that can be... That was the best... I mean, I know we were going through COVID, but when they had the games on like at 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock, that oh, was so that. great. I mean, I uh, that, that was, we were home and, right, yeah. you know, the games were off all I was day. Like, it was like hockey all day. I was day. Rangers, uh, yeah, because everybody was home. It didn't matter if it was a weekday or not. Right, it didn't was matter. Like, I was watching like a Monday Rangers versus uh, Chicago game, and it was like 11 in the morning. Right. It started, and I was like, this is great. This hockey is great, because it was hockey all day, all night, and it was like wall to wall. It was great. But, you I'm know, kidding. Mr. Hockey, Mr. Hollywood, I miss Mr. Basketball, and Miss Entertainment is missing. But thanks to you guys, and uh, we'll see you soon.